Hey there, Fletcher Maltings Overlanding here, and today I'm going to be talking about overlanding and the importance of trail maintenance. Kind of that tread lightly, you know, pack out what you pack in, that kind of thing. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. You know, a lot of folks that listen to my stuff are newer to overlanding, so I just wanted to touch on the basics today of kind of what overlanding is and the importance of trail and just environmental maintenance. So if you want to learn more about how to take care of the trails and how to pack out what you pack in, stay tuned. So as I mentioned in the intro, today I'm talking about overlanding and how to sort of have the minimum impact possible. Um, we're going to start with talking about trail maintenance and kind of some trail etiquette stuff. What do you do when you're on a trail? How does that kind of work? How do you try and protect the trail so that you don't cause additional damage? Obviously, the trails are kind of our ways to get from civilization out into the middle of nowhere where we want to go camp, we want to explore, we want to check out new stuff. So taking care of those trails is super important. I know here in Indiana, in Hoosier National Forest, we've actually had, and it's not so much the trails as it is the access points to uh, camping spots, have started to get closed down. It's because people aren't taking care of the trails. They're being a little bit too rough. They're spinning their tires. They're creating ruts and damaging the actual trail itself or creating bypasses, things like that. Um, so again, I wanted to touch a little bit on trail maintenance and how to be a good steward of the trail so that we can keep them open. So obviously not every impact is human caused, right? Like there are going to be times where there's going to be things like erosion or washouts, um, especially not so much in the Midwest, but maybe in like an Arkansas or something like that, where you can get high water in the springs uh, that may wash out roads and trails and things like that. Um, when that happens, there's not a ton that we can do, but there are some like trail cleanups that happen and things like that. The DNR oftentimes will put on some sort of like a trail maintenance type thing. And sometimes you can join those. You just need to kind of pay attention to like your local national forests page sometimes they'll open those up to people or you can also reach out to the forestry service folks or the dnr folks and say hey you know i'm part of a local overlanding group and we'd love to help you maintain the trails or you know is there going to be a time when you guys are going to be working on these things when we could come help pick up trash or that sort of thing um, but so erosion is definitely something that happens one of the worst things though that can happen is you know rutting and uh, things caused by off-road vehicles right so if you go into a situation and you kind of see that it's super rutted out if a big bunch of jeeps or something has gone through and sort of created really deep ruts um, a lot of times people will then sort of create their own bypasses they'll essentially create a new trail through the woods to bypass that rutted out destroyed section and while that may seem like a good thing to do right because you're avoiding that rutted sort of trail um, in a lot of cases you're just widening the trail right you're creating additional damage to the environment and again risking the potential of having that trail shut down so you just want to kind of be careful um, you know I've been doing this for a few years I still don't know all the rules there's not like a, a one place tells you all the answers kind of a thing that I've found anyways. If you guys know of something like that, post up in the comments below if you're on YouTube or hop over to my other channels if you're listening on the podcast. Let me know if you've got resources for that. I'm happy to share those with people and, and read them myself, but I've not seen anything super comprehensive about that. 
Um, but so sometimes there will be existing bypasses and stuff already. Again, in that case, you just want to be as light on the pedal as possible. You don't want to go flying through, uh, you know, run it out stuff, trying to go as fast as you can and spin your tires. It's just not great for the, for the trail and it's going to get your stuff closed down. Um, another example that I've seen before, unfortunately, you know, years ago is there are, you know, again, speaking from my experience in Hoosier National Forest, there are trails. They're kind of graded a little bit. They've got some gravel and stuff. They're forest service access roads. And when you're driving down the road, sometimes you'll see like water or mud off to the side and it's really deep and it's shaped like tire tracks because somebody said, hey, there's a mud puddle. I'm going to go drive through that and splash mud all over my truck to make it look like I'm cool or like I'm overlanding. But then again, they're widening the, the trail. They're damaging it. They're causing more of a rut to form that's going to fill with water. It's going to get deeper and deeper, right? Um, so you want to stay on the trail. That is one piece of advice that I can definitely give you is try your best to stay on the trail. If you come across something that's super rutted out or super damaged, try not to create a bypass. You may have to turn around and go back. That, right it's not ideal but we don't want to continue to damage the trail we don't want to continue to cause more and more damage uh, if we can avoid it um, one thing that I do hear a lot is you know it's because you youtubers are sharing all these spots that all of this stuff is happening and that there's so much more uh, damage and things like that and I, I kind of sharing my opinion on that I don't think that's true at least not in my area right so in my area, one, I don't share specific spots, and that's the reason for it, right, is I don't want to call a bunch of attention to stuff. I say go to Hoosier National Forest and explore on your own, be responsible, right? But I would also argue that I'm pretty sure that the overlanders are the ones that are, like, stopping and picking up a bag of trash. Like, I, I know for a fact I was on a trail ride not too long ago with a group of, you know, 12, 15 rigs, something like that, and we're driving down the trail, and I saw a bag of Wendy's on the side of the road, and we said, hey, let's stop for a second. I'm going to go pick up this bag of food. And it was a whole bag full of, like, trash and food and stuff so we just picked it up and then throughout the trail various people be like hey I just saw a bucket or something I'm gonna go get that we would stop and pick up the trash so again always be cognizant and thinking of how can I leave it better than I found it right it's not necessarily your job to pick up that stuff but if you want to continue to enjoy this sort of natural uh, beauty that we get to enjoy with these national forests these national parks state parks that kind of thing it never hurts to just be a little courteous stop and pick up and take more out than you bring in Another thing too with, and it's kind of trail maintenance slash campsite maintenance, I guess you could tie that into the same thing. Um, when you are at a campsite, okay, there's going to be spots that are open and stuff. There should be a fire ring. That's usually how you can identify that this is an actual spot versus something someone just made, right? Or like cut out themselves or something. Um, so if there's a fire ring there in Hoosier National Forest, they're usually just stone fire rings that have been made over time. And uh, once they're there, then they kind of become a spot. So if you see that fire ring one, make sure that you put out your fire. Uh, this is something that I, again, I'm in the Midwest, so I don't really have fire bans or anything like that. Back in the olden days, I just didn't know any better. There were times when, you know, you burn your fire over the night, you let it sort of burn down, and then you may have embers and stuff. You don't have a flaming fire or anything like that. There aren't really fire concerns, but you should still bring some extra water, right? Like I usually bring my three gallon uh, aqua brick jug with me and I fill that with water and if I need to drink the water or use it to cook I can do that but the main purpose of that is just to be able to pour on my fire the next day to make sure that it's fully put out to make sure that there's no risk of creating some sort of a forest fire or burning some portion of the fire because of negligence right so definitely be thinking about your fire keep the fire you know you don't 
have to have a tiny little fire, but keep it in the fire pit, right? Try not to be having a ton of logs sticking out. You know, sometimes I've fed logs in. It's not to say you can't ever do that, but just be aware of it that that can be a little bit dangerous and that you want to make sure everything gets burned completely. You're not leaving like half burnt logs, throwing them in a pile of leaves when you leave, right? Pour water on your fire, put out your fire. Um, again, don't leave trash. That's I just went last weekend, I went camping and we pulled up and there was a literal whole bag of trash in the fire pit. Like they were like somewhat considerately saying like, hey, next person that comes along, burn this, I guess. I don't know if they were really trying to be nice or not. There were tin cans on the ground and things like that. Like just, it's not that hard to bring a trash bag with you. Even if you don't have a fancy, you know, spare tire, trasheroo or something like that, just bring a trash bag with you. Throw it in your trunk or throw it in the back of your truck or whatever, and then just take it out and put it in your trash when you get home. Um, and when you get to those sites, again, unfortunately, you are going to come across at least in my experience, quite a bit of trash left behind, you know, cordage. People will leave pieces of rope or string, uh, nails in trees, things like that. So I usually bring uh, some sort of like an axe and or something to remove nails and stuff. I don't know why people put nails in trees, but there are just so many nails in trees. But so again, just think of yourself as a steward of this this environment, right? Like, how do I remove more stuff than I brought in? How do I not create more problems? Don't nail things to trees. Don't build semi-permanent structures. Don't build teepees and leave them. Don't build fire breaks and leave them, right? Like, that's just, as much as we all want to bushcraft like we see on YouTube, unless it's your own private property, view it as you're just borrowing it and you need to leave it cleaner than it was when you got there, right? Um, so packing out your trash is important. Taking care of the trails is important. Not, you know, trying to just wheel the crap out of everything and just destroy everything is important as well. So then that kind of brings us into uh, conservation ideas, right? And I've touched on it kind of briefly, but there is a difference between just maintaining and trying not to cause additional damage versus like actually working on conservation and actively trying to improve trails or campsites or that sort of thing, which is the trash pickup pieces. Um, you know, Leave No Trace is kind of a, a thing put forth by Tread Lightly, which is a great organization. And the idea of it is that, again, you go in, everything that you bring in with you gets taken out. And again, if you find other trash or other people's things, you're going to take that out too. But that leave no trace principle is just something to keep in the back of your mind, right? Like you're literally trying to leave no trace. Now, are there going to be tire tracks? Yes. Is there going to be a spot where you sat and the dirt's kicked up a little bit? Of course. It's not that extreme, but it is more just like not leaving non-biodegradable stuff around, not leaving trash around, not leaving a burning fire pit, that kind of thing. Just leaving no trace, almost as if you're not there and it's just clean and ready to go for the next person to use that dispersed site. I kind of touched on it earlier, but the like DNR slash forestry service folks, they have a hard job, right? Like they're trying to protect these places. They're trying to keep them open ultimately. Like that's their jobs are kind of dependent on us coming and enjoying these these uh, these areas, right? So their intention, I don't I don't think, is ever to just like start closing places, right? Like that's not what they're trying to do. They're not just trying to close things just so they have less to manage. Um, so a lot of the times, there are ways to interact with them. You'll see them on the trail and stuff. Talk to them. Try and learn as much as you can. Ask them questions, right? They're all really nice. I mean, I've met probably eight or ten different folks over the last five years that I've been going to Hoosier National Forest, and all of them have been fantastic. They're super nice, and they're great resources. So talk to them. Find out, you know, what's going on. What are they seeing? And then, you know, I have a buddy, Dave, that he goes around, travels around, and he lives kind of down by Hoosier National Forest, and he will frequently send me pictures. He's like, I just picked up two whole bags of trash out here. Um, if you have that ability, 
do it. If you are part of a, a local overlanding group or camping group or whatever, Facebook group, whatever you want to call it, um, that wants to sort of take care of your local area, try and arrange to have like trash pickups and things like that. Again, work with the forestry service, work with those folks that uh, maintain the forest and let them know that you're going to do that thing too if you want. Sometimes they'll offer help or resources. Sometimes they'll, you know, help you organize it. So just be aware of that stuff. And again, just have that mindset, right? That like, taking care of this environment is really important to be able to maintain these things so that we can keep using them. So again, those were kind of my thoughts on trail maintenance, campsite maintenance, uh, just overall conservation, best practices, tread lightly, that sort of stuff. Again, if you're new to it, the more that you see this stuff, the more that you're exposed to it, the more you're going to learn. So things like this podcast and others are great resources. So if you're not already subscribed across the board, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, I've got the podcast if you're on YouTube, YouTube if you're on the podcast, definitely consider looking at those links down in the description below and getting subscribed wherever you want to hang out. I'd love to have you. Um, also in the description down below will be links to my website where I've got funny stickers and patches, again, overlanding related type stuff you know, that kind of thing. Check those out. There's a there's a bunch of them that I've got on my website. So if you want some of those, check those out. And then last but not least, there is my Patreon group where we've got a 24-7 Discord. We kind of chat about rigs and stuff like that. People ask questions about gear and have you used this and that kind of thing. Um, and then there's the Newbie Overlanders Facebook group, which is totally free to join, has tons of awesome members in it. So if you're looking for a group that's not going to judge you, not going to bully you, that's a good one to check out as well. Um, but again, thanks for listening if you're on the podcast. Thanks for watching if you're on YouTube. And we'll see you next week.